0: In thinking about the outcome of the testing of our hearts, I invite you to open your Bible with me to Second Kings chapter 23. And I'll give you plenty of time to turn back there. We're going to have some other New Testament passages projected on the screen behind me. But you need your Bible open so that you can read along with me some very important statements from Scripture. In 2 Kings chapter 23. I hope that you've had a good afternoon. As Zach mentioned, it's not the easiest conditions outside in which to travel. But you being here is an encouragement to me. And I hope that our time together in God's Word is a challenge. Something that makes you think. But also that it is an encouragement and it continues to help us draw near together to the throne of God this evening. I want to take you back more than 2,600 years ago. That's a long time. I want to take you back into the very young life of someone who began to reign at a very young age in approximately 640 years. We're talking, as you can see, about Josiah. And if you're following along on our little note cards that were available there in the foyer, we, on the front of that, have just given you a little bit of context so that we can figure out where and when and who we are this evening. In about 640 B.C., at the age of 8 years old, Josiah began to reign in Jerusalem, he was one of the, the few good kings of Judah who did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. When he was 26 years old, he told that he, his servants that it was time for a major renovation project there was money that had been collected from the people and he had a heart to repair the temple it's one thing for us to hear okay there's going to be some repairs that are needed but especially when we have it settled in our minds the temple had been standing in Jerusalem at this point for more than 300 years. I want you to think about what a building that has been standing, especially in the ancient world, for more than 300 years, the sort of work perhaps that needs to go, the, the sort of repairs, the sort of cleaning up, especially when we hear what sort of an environment Josiah has inherited. While making these repairs, if time allowed, we could read all about it in Second Kings 22. While making these repairs, the high priest whose name was Hilkiah, found a book. He found the book. The book of the law that had been given by God through Moses, we talked a lot about that, this morning, to the children of Israel. One way or another, this man now in his middle 20s been reigning for More than a decade, he's reigned all of this time as a descendant of Abraham. He is the king of Judah, and somehow, some way, in previous generations, this book has been lost, it's been hidden, we don't know exactly what had happened, maybe during the long reign of wicked Manasseh. Manasseh was Josiah's grandfather. If you don't know anything about Manasseh, here's one thing to set the stage. Manasseh sacrificed his own children in a valley just outside of Jerusalem in the pagan worship of Canaanite idols. That's Josiah's grandfather. Not hard to imagine how the book of the law of Moses would be so neglected at that point that it's lost altogether. Manasseh reigned for 55 long years in Judah. Now Josiah, as this temple is being repaired, the book of the law of Moses its found. It's quickly brought to the king. And when King Josiah hears the words of the book of the law being read, he's absolutely devastated. He's ashamed. He's ashamed that the people he rules over have been so negligent in obeying what God had so clearly said. When he hears these words, he knows that something has to change. Lots of things have to change. That is 2 Kings chapter 23, where your Bible is open. Josiah zealously goes about purifying the nation of Judah, initiating this great spiritual revival. And I'd suggest to you, even though these things happened 2,600 years ago, there are valuable lessons for me and for you. I mean, here we are far enough away from New Year's Eve where the basic idea that we so easily buy into in our culture that because we turn a page over in our calendars, a big page because by our reckoning we're changing a year, well, me in 2022 is going to be dramatically different from me at the end of 2021. And perhaps that's the case with you. But I can tell you, it won't be the case with you unless you're serious. Serious the way this man was serious. Is your Bible open there to 2 Kings chapter 23? I'd suggest to you those first three verses show us exactly how this man is serious about there are things in my life and the life of my people that have to be left behind. It's time for some purging. There are some things in my life that need to be restarted, revived. Second Kings 23, verse 1. The king sent, and all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem were gathered to him. And the king went up to the house of the Lord, and with him all the men of Judah, and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and the priests and the prophets, all the people, both small and great, and he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant that had been found in the house of the Lord. If I were to ask you from those two verses... What word shows you this man is serious? Maybe there are a couple of different words. Let me show you what stands out to me that shows this man is serious. Josiah is all in. Life the way that it has been. That's not life the way that our Heavenly Father wants it to be. I'm all in. And I'm going to challenge everybody else to be all in. Verse 3, the king stood by the pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes. Here it is again. This man is all in. All of his heart, all of his soul, To perform the words of this covenant that were written in this book. And all the people joined in the covenant. And so maybe January 1st you thought, okay, I'm all in. And January hasn't gone the way that you thought it was going to go. Maybe there are sins that you have carried like this entangling weight that the letter of Hebrews warns us about right out of 2021 into 2022. And the flipping of a calendar page didn't make it go away. Are you serious about leaving those things behind? Are you serious about reviving what once was strong and vital in your life and now for a very long time has been neglected? If you're serious like Josiah was serious, there's a lot that we can learn here about winning the battle against sin. Number one, we've got to get rid of the physical stumbling blocks that trip us into sin. I want you to read with me in your Bible. I want you to see it. Second Kings chapter 23, verse 4. Do you see that in your Bible? The king commanded Hilkiah the priest and the priests of the second order and the keepers of the threshold to bring out of the temple of the Lord all the vessels made for Baal, for Asherah, for all the host of heaven. You think about what we're being told there. We started out with a repairing project. We found the book of the law. We discover in a devastating way that we are so far away from life the way that God would have us to. How are we going to get this whole thing turned around? We're all in. Where do we got to start? Well, here's where Josiah started. The Lord's temple is full, absolutely full of physical stumbling blocks. All of these idols, as people, as priests, serve in this temple. How are we going to be all in? How are we going to give God what He is so worthy of? How are we going to draw near to Him in the way that He would have us to when we've got all of these idols filling the house of the Lord? What's He do with them? He doesn't put them into storage. He burns them outside Jerusalem in the fields of the Kidron and carried their ashes to Bethel. He's not even going to leave the ashes there. Lest somehow they be a stumbling block. Now I want you to keep your hand, your marker there. In 2 Kings 23, we're going to come back. Turn in your Bible with me to the Gospel of Mark chapter 9. With each one of these Simple ideas we're drawing out of the text. I want to show you a a New Testament passage or two to realize, all of us, well, this is what discipleship looks like. When I realize that there are physical things, spiritual things, whatever it is around me, things that are in my control, things that I've tolerated, things that I've welcomed into my life that, that now are hindering me from being all in, living the righteous life God would have me to, to lead, it's time for those things to go. Here's how Jesus put it. Mark chapter 9, verse 43. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. So we began this evening with am I serious?" And now we see why. Maybe the reason that I continued to drag sin on my back into New year after New Year is There are things that I've been keeping in storage or things that I've been carrying around with me that have to be left behind. These are weights that I keep stumbling on. These are obstacles that I keep chipping on. And as long as I insist on carrying them, I can't run the race that Jesus is calling me to run. And so for me, maybe it's, It's not a hand, it's it's, it's not a foot. We understand what Jesus is doing is drawing attention to our hearts, but the way things get into our hearts, or the way that our hearts use these things (laughs) that dishonor God. And so maybe for me, it's a streaming subscription, cable subscription. And I've said over and over and over again, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to watch that. I'm not going to allow those things to come into my heart. Maybe it's a smartphone, a laptop, a, a, a tablet. Maybe it's access where I ought not to have access in a bedroom. Whatever it is, could I encourage you to realize Josiah was serious about conquering sin. And this is how serious he was. I'm not going to allow anything... To stand between me and being all in in my relationship with God. Well, it was really expensive. Can you imagine how expensive, how ornate these these statues were? Maybe how they could have been repurposed in some way for good? No, no, no. The point isn't how much it costs. The point is what it's costing me. I keep stumbling over it. Am I serious? Let's go back to 2 Kings chapter 23. Josiah was serious. And so, what did he do? He got rid of the the physical stumbling blocks and he realized we're going to have to create some separation between ourselves and the people who are shamelessly promoting sin. Look at verse 5 of 2 Kings 23. He deposed the priests whom the kings of Judah had ordained to make offerings in the high places at the cities of Judah and around Jerusalem, those also who burned incense to Baal, to the sun and the moon and the constellations and all the hosts of heaven. You can't do this anymore. You repent, you you turn away from these things, you enter into this revival that, that, that I'm trying to lead the people in, and you are certainly welcome to live here. There are ways that you can serve. But if you insist on shamelessly promoting what the book of this law says is clearly out of bounds, Separation has to occur. I told you. This man is serious. And so keep your hand there. Go back with me in the New Testament to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And let me show you that God is calling us to be serious as well. As we look around ourselves at relationships, are they helping us draw closer to God? Are we learning together what life, the way that it was meant to be? Needs to be represented in in, in our own lives? Is this a person who is willing to to consider what God has said? Someone who is, is inspiring me to walk closer and closer to God? Or is this person the sort of person that the Holy Spirit through Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 is warning disciples about? Verse 14, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? What fellowship has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial? Or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? You see, that's the question that Josiah was facing in real life. If I'm all in, Purging sin, revival for God. We can't act as if we're in agreement here. We are not in agreement. This is the temple of the living God. And his promise is reiterated for you. And for me, and it encourages us to think as, as we living stones in the temple of God are called to remember. I'll make my dwelling among them and, and walk among them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. And so here's the therefore disciple of Jesus. If you know that these relationships are only making it harder and harder and harder to shine your light as a disciple of Jesus, when does the time come that you're, you're going to create some holy separation? You're not going to continue to open your heart into temptations to touch what is unclean. You want to be welcomed by God. You want him as your father more than you want anything else. You want to be a son or a daughter of God more than you want any other relationship. You see, Josiah was serious. Let's go back to Second Kings 23, where you marked your Bible. He was serious to the point of getting rid of these physical stumbling blocks, of separating himself and the people from those who would shamelessly promote sin. And he was really deliberate. It's time to assess and to address the presence of of places where these temptations just continued to flourish. And so in verse 6 of 2 Kings 23, He brought out the Asherah from the house of the Lord outside Jerusalem to the brook Kidron. He burned it at the brook Kidron, beat it to dust, cast the dust of it upon the graves of the common people. He broke down the houses of the male cult prostitutes who were in the house of the Lord where the women wove hangings for the Asherah. He brought all the priests out of the cities of Judah and defiled the high places where the priests had made offerings from Geba to Beersheba. He broke down the high places of the gates that were at the entrance of the gate of Joshua, the governor of the city which were on one's left at the gate of the city. However, the priests of the high places did not come up to the altar of the Lord in Jerusalem, but they ate unleavened bread among their brothers. He defiled Topheth which is in the valley of the son of that no one might burn his son or his daughter as an offering to Molech. All of that is about places. Where are we going? Where is this people that I'm, I'm trying to rule over in the right way? Where are we going where we consistently get Tripped up, where has this always been a place of temptation in our lifetime? Let's stop going there and acting as if we're in control of temptation when we've actually been ravaged by it. He knew he was serious. To the point that he knew these places have to be torn down if we're gonna leave our sins of the past. We've got to acknowledge what these venues, these settings represent, what goes on here. You see, he was serious. And maybe the reason that we continue to drag sin with us into new year after new year is because we're not being honest about the impact of the places we go. We continue to buy the lie. I can go here and not stumble. I can go here and not transgress and somebody honestly asks me well how's that working for you well not so far so well but I'll get it turned around eventually you're not serious you see Josiah was serious and so maybe for me it's it's a live sporting event where every time I'm there I, with my temper, make an absolute fool of myself. Maybe it's girls' night out the way that it's been for many, many years. And I know what sort of things get talked about there. What sort of influences are wielded there. And I know how I've compromised time and time and time again. And it's a question of how serious am I? about defeating sin. Let's go back to 2 Kings chapter 23 if you've turned away from there. This man is serious. He puts the passing benefits and pleasures of sin into their right perspective. Verse 11, "...he removed the horses that the kings of Judah had dedicated to the Son..." at the entrance to the house of the Lord by the chamber of Nathan-Melech, the chamberlain, which was in the precincts, and he burned the chariots of the sun with fire. Now i got to believe, if this is the, the entrance that has been made by previous kings into this grand temple in the heart of Jerusalem... These things aren't made out of cardboard. This isn't just some sort of shoddy thing we throw up there. Can you imagine if you're the king and you want to remake this temple in your image, what those horses, what those chariots, these symbols of military might and strength, what those are going to look like. what it would mean for a very young king to be able to point to something like that and say, well, this is a symbol of who I am. But you see, this, this young man is serious. He's a model of Psalm 20 and verse 7 that some put their trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God.
1: And it might look
0: good for a little while. But what's it going to cost? I can't be all in. And that, that, that filters all the way down to you and to me. How, how sin feels good for a little while. Sin feels gratifying for a little while. And here is God calling me to let it go, to sacrifice, to deny myself, to take even good things that I've struggled with making ultimate things, having my life revolve around these things in an inordinate way. Am I serious? You see, Jesus is is calling us to be serious in Mark chapter 10 and verse 29. Truly I say to you, there's no one who's left house or brothers or sisters, father, mother, children, lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come. Eternal life. And so which will it be the the temporary benefits the pleasures that are real but passing or will it be whatever i have to do in order to be all in you see this man was serious he's going to take these pieces of the impurity, and he's going to leave them behind forever. Look at verse 12 of 2 Kings chapter 23. The altars on the roof of the upper chamber of Ahaz, a former king, the kings of Judah had made, the altars that Manasseh had made in the two courts of the house of the Lord, he pulled down, he broke in pieces, and he cast the dust of them into the brook outside of Jerusalem. You know what this serious young man is modeling for us? Well, it's what you and I are called to do and to be. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 9. Love is genuine. How I feel about evil. I'm going to stop buying the lie that I can tame it that I can control it, that I can somehow let it off its leash and pet it and play with it and then put it back in its cage when I'm done. No. When I'm serious, I abhor it. And I'm going to hold fast to what is good. One more, if you go back with me to 2 Kings chapter 23. This young man realized the wisdom, not just of tearing all of these things down and and leaving this stuff behind, but he knew he needed to fill the vacuum with what's good. And so you look with me in 2 Kings chapter 23 at verse 21. The king commanded all the people keep the Passover to the Lord your God as it is written in this book of the covenant for no such Passover had been kept since the days of the judge's Who judged Israel. Or during all the days of the kings of Israel or of the kings of Judah. But in the 18th year of King Josiah, this Passover was kept to the Lord in Jerusalem. What am I going to do? I'm going to empty. I'm going to purge. I'm going to... Get rid of whatever it is that is dishonoring God. And then I'm not just going to sit and wonder, okay, what now? I'm going to fill it with what is good. How do I know what's good? What my heavenly Father has told me to be all about it's the implicit warning of one of jesus's more obscure parables in matthew 12 when he said the unclean spirit when it's gone out of a person it passes through waterless places seeking rest but finds none then it says i will return to my house from which i came and when it comes back it doesn't find that house full of all sorts of good things Busy with the work of the Lord. It just finds it empty. And so maybe that's me this evening. Where, okay, I realize there are some things that are out of bounds. Things that have no place in the life of a disciple. And I've done my best to leave those behind in 2021. How's 2022 going? Well, it's largely empty. As far as spiritual, spiritual life and vitality. That's you this evening. <laughs> Could I plead with you to understand in what dangerous territory you are this evening. This evil spirit comes back. House is empty, swept, put in order. It goes, it brings with it seven other spirits, more evil than itself. They enter and dwell there and the last state of that person is worse than the first. You see, this young man was serious. We heard it where we began. In 2 Kings chapter 23, this young man was all in. And if I could have you read one more passage with me in your Bible. If you're there in 2 Kings 23, turn one page before to 2 Kings chapter 22. How did this start in this man's life? How do we go from, I don't even know about the book of the law of God, to... There are physical stumbling blocks that have no place in my life as a child of God if I'm all in. There are people who are dragging me in the wrong direction and I'm allowing them to do it. It's time to assess and to address the, the, the presence of... Places, my presence in places where temptation flourishes. And for a very long time, I've been putting way too much stock in the passing pleasures of sin. And so I'm going to leave all of this impurity behind. I want to fill that vacuum left by sin with godly practices, godly priorities. How do we get there? Well, we, we heard that this man is all in. Where did it start? Because maybe that's exactly what I need to hear this evening. Look at 2 Kings chapter 22, verses 18 and 19. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, regarding the words that you have heard, because your heart was penitent and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard how I spoke. Let's not make it complicated this evening. Here's how it started God spoke a really, really long time ago. And what he had said had been put in a book, and that book had been lost. And as a result, a people was lost. And a king was lost. So how did it all get turned around? Long ago, God had preserved words in a book and a time came in a young king's life when he personally heard those words being read. And the reading of those ancient words had a profound impact on his heart. So let me ask you this evening, can the same thing be true of your life and of my life? Isn't this how our Creator continues to work? The words of the Lord, now fully revealed, can still be found in God's book. Hearts can still be touched and transformed by the words in this book. Men and women are still expected to humble themselves before God when they hear how He has spoken in His book. There is a life giving connection that continues to exist between God's book and receptive human hearts. You know what that means? I need to spend time in this book this week. How about you? Why don't we resolve together right here and right now that the, the living influence in this book isn't going to be lost in an empty pew in this, this building this week. And it's not going to be lost in the back seat of my minivan. And it's not going to be lost on a dusty bookshelf. I'm going to take this and I'm going to work to connect it to my. What a blessing. What an opportunity. Maybe before we're even done this evening, you you realize that that connection between what God has said and your heart isn't what it ought to be. What an opportunity to follow the example, such a simple example, of this young man who heard... And his heart was penitent. There are things in this book that I haven't been doing that I need to start doing, and I'm serious. If you're serious this evening and you need to do exactly what this man did in turning away from what got him into trouble, actively being all in in what he had been neglecting, saying to God, whatever I've got to leave behind, I'm ready. Because I want all of you. What an amazing opportunity that God has extended for us to draw near to Him by the perfect King, His own Son, who's given His life for us. We're going to stand and sing this invitation song. And if you, in some way, need to follow these simple steps that we see In God's living word this evening. We can help. Would you let us know how? By coming to the front while we stand and sing together.